What's up, everybody? This is Brian here from After the Hype. First and foremost, I want to say a big thank you to everyone over at the Front Row Movie Reviews podcast. Thank you for coming out today, and thank you for having John and I on a couple days ago for the first part of this crossover episode extravaganza. So that said, if you're listening to this and you have not heard the first part of this episode, please do yourself a favor and go over to the Front Row Movie Reviews on Facebook and everywhere else on the internet and check out that episode. We do a really, really fun episode where we talk about the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, movie. And just beyond that, if you've not checked out the Front Row Movie Reviews yet, you are doing yourself a disservice. If you like podcasts and you like movies, which clearly if you're here, you do, do yourself the favor, go check them out. They know their shit, and trust me, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I mean way too many podcasts. These guys make my rotation weekly, because they're that good. Lastly, I just want to throw a big shout out. And thank you to everyone who's been listening to our episodes. If this is your first episode and you're coming over to us from the Front Row Movie Reviews, a big welcome and thank you for listening. And if you've been with us from the very beginning, back in the day with Dead Space, with me and Nick in his tiny little bedroom, a big thank you to you too. Really, everyone who's listening to this thing, thank you. We really, really do appreciate it. So please, share us with your friends, share us with your loved ones, share with your mom, dad, brother, sister, everybody, and we will greatly appreciate it even more and we will continue to grow and go on to do bigger and better things all for you, the listener. So with that, I will totally shut up and let the show begin. Enjoy the show! Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, so with that hype, welcome to that hype. It's me as always, Brian Dressel. With me as always is Jonathan Hardesty. Hi. Ryan James. Hello. And Chewy Darso. Ahoy, ahoy. Uh, today's special guest, as I mentioned last week, from the Front Row Movie Review Podcast out of Springfield, Illinois, is Craig McFarlane. Hi. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, as always, uh, I like to mention that in my phone, Craig is still listed as Craigie Poo. Uh, <laughs> and only I get to see the face he makes at Craigie Poo. <laughs> It's, it's only nice. for you, Brian. Uh, thank you. When we're laying in bed, and then there's a message, and then like I just talked to Craigie Poo. Yeah, oh, it's Craigie Poo. <laughs> I hope that it's a more endearing, uh, you know, name than you have for Chewy in your phone. It, it actually is. Chewy is just Chewy. <laughs> <laughs> no nicknames for Chewy. You're the only person in my phone with a nickname. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I feel special. You should. Even oh. more special than being on this podcast. Uh, Craig, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about your podcast and where people can find it? For sure. So uh, we actually just did our one-year anniversary episode. Congratulations. Uh, we dropped it this week. So uh, we have been going strong. We do a lot of different types of shows. We do uh, classics, which kind of goes into film classics. We do flashbacks, which is mainly 80s and 90s type movies. Uh, full disclosures, which are uh, kind of your newer movies, new releases. And then also we just do a weekly news episode as well. So you can check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, whatever uh, app you want to look at. The Front Row Movie Reviews. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at The Front Row Movie Reviews. And then also we are launching our website this week, uh, thefrontrowmoviereviews.com. So check it out there as well. Cool. Cool, cool. Uh, I've seen the mock-up for the website. It is quite sexy. If you could be sexually attracted to a website, I would be sexually attracted to this website. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, Thanks. You know, Jeremy, our... our our main dude, he put a ton of effort into the website. It does look great. I can't wait for it to launch. He's one of those guys that's very hesitant about things and wants it all to be perfect. So that's why uh, it hasn't launched quite yet. But it will be up uh, as of, I believe, June 2nd is when we're launching the website. You really can't mess around with websites. Yeah, they got to look good or people hate you forever. It's like, yeah. What if that's you just right. try to 
do a GeoCity style and bring that back. <laughs> Nostalgia. Like the Space is Jam huge website? Huge yeah. 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 Oh, just, I haven't looked at that. Perfect. I want the animated oh, GIF so of the good. construction worker. Yeah. It'd be, it's the flawless plan, is what it is. Yeah. I still can't believe they're making a second one. With Justin Lin. It's so Justin stupid. Justin Lin. So yeah. stupid. Son of a bitch. Anyhow, so let's move into where have you been doing? <laughs> Uh, I am going to go first uh, with the best thing that has happened to me in my DC fandom in a very, very long time. I read DC Rebirth number one, The Swan Song of Jeff Johns. Uh, it is one of the greatest books DC has had probably since they launched New 52 five years ago. It's probably better than anything that was written throughout all of that, with the exception of some of the Scott Snyder Batman stuff. Um, but even with that, I still kind of like this a little bit more. Uh, I'm really tempted to dive into all the spoilers and why I love it so much, but in case you haven't actually gone out there and picked it up yet, I'm not going to, um, because you should go out there, you should pick it up, and assume that you're a comic fan and you've read all kind of comics, you'll you'll freak out at the end, because the end is just awesome and bombastic, and as uh, a frequent guest of the show, uh, Chris, even when he read it, had a complete freak out, as Ryan said, where yep. he's yelling, what the fuck? And I did the same thing when I got yeah. the last two pages. I was literally yelling out loud with excitement as my neighbors could hear me just going, What? No! Holy shit! Ah! And it was just so much fun. And I, I just, I cannot speak kindly enough of that book. It is fantastic. One of the best one shots I've read in a long time. It's only three bucks and it's an 80 page book, which is awesome. Uh, DC's just appearing to make all the right moves for their new relaunch. Not a reboot. A relaunch and it's my understanding is that it's sold out basically everywhere they're they're going to release a second printing it's going to charge you six bucks instead of three well the, but the, still i mean really it's totally worth it i just read it last night on your recommendation yeah. and it's fantastic it's it such re- a good book uh, the one thing i will spoil because it's important in the entire book is they finally bring back wally west like the actual wally mm-hmm. west and it's so nice to see him again and he's like the main character of the book and it's great it's a wonderful through line um, to the six dollar version, it is a better version. It's not better is the wrong word. Um, it's a uh, it's more like a magazine than a comic book. So they're releasing it as like a, a nicer book that you can mm-hmm. actually keep on your shelf, as opposed to just like a bagged and board comic. So that's why that one will be six bucks, and why I will buy it again. Awesome, <laughs> good job. I can't believe it's selling out everywhere. I, I I go to comic book stores every Wednesday, and the stacks of Rebirth were so huge, yep. like two uh, rows it would take up and full to the shelf, and like they're gone. Yeah. I, the word of mouth on it is fantastic. Yeah. Like people are really excited about it, so everyone's just buying it everywhere. I found it in one store in LA, like because yeah. I I, well, I buy a, everything on a Saturday or on a Friday. On Friday yeah. yeah, but still, like <laughs> you'd imagine with how many books were around, yeah. you still wouldn't have that much difficulty finding it. Do you want to say which store? Oh yeah, I found it in North Hollywood at Blast Off Comics, uh, and it is a fantastic comic book store, and I highly recommend it. I'm gonna go the that other. Just sounds like a badass co- comic book store. It's a really cool store. It's really s- small, but. They're super knowledgeable there. Oh, yeah. I mean, the guy who... I, I'll launch it at some point. The guy who owns the store is super tied into comics and from a long legacy of DC Comics. He's a super, super nice guy. Um, but somebody else can go. I'm going to go next, and I'm going to go uh, with the other comic book that got a lot of internet attention this week. Um, Steve Rogers, Captain America, issue number one by Nick Spencer, uh, dropped in. If somehow you went to the internet and you navigated straight to afterthehype.com, or uh, that's not our website, straight to <laughs> facebook.com slash afterthehype and downloaded this episode and you didn't see any other posts, this is your spoiler warning. At the end of this uh, first issue of Captain America, uh, Steve Rogers uh, pushes his ally out of the plane and says, Hail Hydra. He has been 
Apparently, Hydra the entire time. And the book was actually really good. It was an interwoven story. This current mission of uh, a recently uh, young Steve Rogers, he got his power back from the Cosmic Cube, um, going on this mission. And, uh, and the other story that is flashing back to is uh, Steve Rogers as a little boy and his mom and his father had just, uh, his abusive father had just been kind of assassinated by... Uh, the secret agent, and she invites them to uh, like a club meeting where they they say they will get full support, and it turns out it's Hydra. So we see how Steve Rogers in the twenties was actually uh, drawn in by the Hydra organization from the start, and it is a really well written book. And people are just pissed at it; they're freaking out. They're saying Captain America is ruined as we know it. This is just a gimmick. It's going to get retconned. It's going to get Infinity Gauntleted back to normal shortly after. But I'm enjoying it. I mean, he's a he's a sixty what sixty seventy oh seventy five year old character. Yeah. We just had that anniversary, uh, and he's been the same guy every every step of the way. And just like Superman, uh, he's like the the pure Boy Scout, and kind of that's boring to me. So to interject this new like, hey, wait a minute, maybe everything hasn't been what you thought this whole time. I, I'm excited about it. I kind of agree. I think it's just kind of it's fun to get, shake things up for a little bit. Even if it does get retconned, it's still like, well, this will keep me reading it for a little while longer. Like, yeah, it's a after 75 years, it's kind of nice gotta to do something to do things a little differently. Yeah. It's kind of was the mindset behind New 52. Just sadly didn't work out that great for DC. I mean, it did, but not as well as it could have. Uh, John, what have you been doing? Uh, I haven't, <laughs> haven't done a lot of media because I have got a new job. Cool. As an assistant editor, so that's been keeping me up super early hours. So I get home, basically pass out as I start to do anything media related. So I'm going to work on that, but... That's what I've been up to. Okay. <laughs> There's like I said, not well, a lot. No, but no, that's I've been fine. sleeping. Congrats, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's that's Jobs a good excuse. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Craig, where have you been doing? Well, uh, you know, I've got a six month old at home now, so <laughs> I've been really into Daniel Tiger's neighborhood. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> no uh, so I, I've got a comic and I got a, a quick um, TV show too, but Descender, um, I just finished volume one, went into volume two. If you're not reading that comic from Image, I would Highly recommended. It's a beautiful artwork, a beautiful story, really good uh, sci-fi story that doesn't have anything to do with superheroes. Uh, it's all got things to do with androids and robots. So fantastic. Uh, definitely go check out Descender. And uh, as far as other things, I, I just finally got to watch the season finale of The Flash. And that show is just, in my opinion, so good. I'm not I love no, I'm not everything about that show. Um, I know Chewie just mentioned that she caught up. Uh, no, recently, we're not, I'm, we're not I didn't see up. the I didn't see the finale. Well, I'm not going to give any spoilers uh, at all. But it's do they just run? Such a fantastic, <laughs> such a fantastic movie. Yes, they do run. Yeah. Uh, God, run spoilers. Faster, Barry. Run, every time Barry, I watch that show, run. Though, every time I watch that show, it makes me so hurt inside that Grant Gustin is not going to be the movie Flash. It just it makes me so angry. The thing at is, Ezra Miller. I like that they're keeping him separate universes. I, I'm kind of <sighs> I'm on both sides of the fence of it. I can see both. <sighs> I can see points of view, and I really do like Ezra Miller. I think he's a good actor, so I'm kind of okay with it. But would have killed him to make Ezra Miller like like a Wally West. Right. Well, Wally West is in you know obviously in the Flash TV show now, but you could have made him any any other iteration of the Flash. I don't know. I guess they've got the whole multiverse thing going, so yeah. they they say it's just parallel universes but i i just this is one way that like marvel could or dc could have beaten marvel on the whole thing because like well, they, to have it to have it suddenly be revealed that it's all connected that's what compelling. they're doing yeah i mean they very easily could do that really the multi- i mean wanted, multiverse yeah. thing is like okay yeah oh, e- easy for you to say like yeah prove it 
Well, they He's, are. They're well, going to prove it. They're a TV network now. They own the CW, so why not use those properties? I, I just think it makes sense to use those as a launching off point or, or bring them in in some way, shape, or form. I, I wish that they would do that, but we'll have to see what happens with the DC Cinematic Universe. Yeah, I mean, it's really it's one of those things where the door is definitely open. They can do it if they want to. It's just whether or not they want to. Right. They're definitely going to make it the multiverses. That's exactly what I'm expecting it to be, and I'm excited. I, I think they will, too, but... I'm just hoping that they, it's more of I hope they will because it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. It'd be really fun to see Ezra Miller's Flash and Greg Gustin's Flash talk to each other. At least I'm assuming out of oh the two God. seconds I've seen Ezra Miller's Flash. And have Flash. a little orgasm right there. Yikes. <laughs> 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 uh, again, just because none of, I am by the none idea of, of you can see Craig's facial expressions but me. That was such a great. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Uh, Chewy, where have you been doing? Um, well, I've been working a lot too. So similar to John, the whole pass out when I get home. Uh, Brian has to deal with my laundry because yep. of that, I guess. Uh huh. <laughs> Brian got to see a preview of that yesterday. <laughs> you know, what's all this laundry doing here? <laughs> anyone who works twelve plus hours a day in an exterior environment and gets really sweaty and tired when they get home, the last thing they want to do is stay in those clothes. But. Uh, God forbid a hamper is nearby. <laughs> you, this is the strategy. You just got to put hampers all over the house. Yeah. <laughs> so whatever corner she's throwing it at, it lands in one. I can just walk around with it, just trying to catch but, it. Like, yeah. I got it. For the media that I was able to consume before the work week, uh, we saw the new guys on Sunday. Yeah. And that was fabulous. Hmm. Oh, nice. It's um, good to hear. Because uh, Shane Black... That man knows how to do the buddy cop thing. He does. He just like, he can write a bromance like no one else bromances. And he just took two wonderful actors that, as Brian had noted, not normally uh, comedians. No. Like, you don't associate Ryan Gosling with slapstick and you don't associate Russell Crowe Russell Crow with slapstick. And the two of them, they had, they really had charisma together. And I would. I mean, if they had started kissing at one point, it was the 70s and they went to a couple porn parties, I would have been really into it. But <laughs> um, I highly recommend it. Please you go see like, it. some like pent up sexual tension. Yeah, too. no yeah. kidding. I don't, I, Craig, I don't know. you're just not around me that much. <laughs> <laughs> and you're the one that made a baby, okay? Yeah, that's why his that's, isn't pent. No, that's true. That's true. It's not pent up. Uh, I yeah, work too it's much. Expelled. I work too much. But then Brian Expel enjoys Liarmus. the paychecks. Um, <laughs> so this is. Um, I don't want a Harry Potter joke. Got me so much. Uh, so well. Without spoiling any parts of a new of the new guys, it's, uh, uh, please nice go guys. see it. You'll really nice enjoy guys. it. Oh, the nice guys, sorry. Well, they're both great movies. Come on. No, <laughs> no, no, no. The new guy is not a great movie. <laughs> Dane Cook is. In I've never actually seen the new guy. Fuck um, that movie. <laughs> um, I'm not going to spoil any moments because I mean the trailer actually does have a lot of little spoily moments, so I'm not going to yeah. add to it. Just go see it. It'll make you feel really great. I have an important question for you. Is okay. that uh, an outline of uh, his penis on the poster? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow, her inner Minnesota's know. coming out. Yeah. <laughs> now oh, Craig's yeah, missing out know. by not being you able to You guys want to know face. something about Ryan Gosling? Just look at that poster. And I'm, He's got a huge dick. <laughs> <laughs> that, that thing definitely hangs left, so... <laughs> But it works for the movie because the movie is very connected to the 70s porn industry. So there you go. Yeah. 
I was surprised. Like, given how obvious it is in the poster, I was kind of expecting to be like a plot point in the movie. No. <laughs> no, his penis no, never comes just, out. Just for the poster. Great. Yeah. It's the best way to do it. Very penis-laden poster. <laughs> um, the movie was very penis-y. <laughs> there's a lot of boobs in the movie. Like, if you want to... No, there isn't. What are you talking about? I'm out. There, there's like one moment with some underwater boobs, but there are mermaid boobs, the therefore useless. The movie starts with a woman strewn naked with her boobs out. Oh, I don't count... Like near dead person boobs is like Ooh. fun boobs. Like that's no, just but sad it's still. Boobs. But that's where I'm like saying if those you those are the worst boobs. Okay, we're Those's gonna move on to water. today's episode. We're just gonna keep moving right along. So today's episode. Stop milking that joke. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay, so for today's episode, uh, assuming that the release schedule works out the way that Craig and I talked about it, you should have already heard us on the Front Row Movie Reviews talking about the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. So if you came to us from the Front Row Movies Review, welcome! Hi, I can Hi. pronounce the whole podcast title when I talk really fast. Um, <laughs> I'm like your own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so today we are talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. The good one! The good one. Or is it? Uh, it is. Uh, spoilers. <laughs> so thanks for joining us. Um, it's been our episode. It's great. Uh, bye! Um, I'm not going to bother with the review because I think we all kind of know where the reviews were on this thing. Uh, but sadly, it did not actually do that well in the box office. Do you guys remember this? I, I remember no. it being like the greatest thing in the entire world. For me, yeah. it was the greatest thing in the entire world. But, but yeah. I had that feeling towards Mario Brothers as well. Yeah, but that so. wasn't the greatest thing in the entire well, world. Well, to that, me it right. was. I watched this again and it to me, it still is the greatest thing. Yeah, like I yeah. Watch it now. So going, Why fun. do people love this? Fuck everyone. Yeah. Uh, not the people listening, right? Well, you all loved it, right? <laughs> I'd fuck you, people. We love you. So we or love you. Fuck if you, people. you. Don't agree. Just tell us how we can go fuck ourselves on our Facebook. Yeah. yeah. Like, just use the word fuck as we much need, as possible. So much. We need fuck. those views. Uh, there goes okay. So, again with the fucking. Yeah. <laughs> Craig's very concerned about how I fuck. <laughs> Next week, join us for a new podcast. <laughs> Chewy fucks. <laughs> and Brian won't be there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so for the numbers. For <laughs> Speaking of ooze. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, I'm on fire today. <laughs> Please put me out of my misery. Oh, please green? don't let it be green. No. <laughs> Anyhow, so for the numbers for today. Uh, so it cost... 25 million to make it, uh, so oh. which I still think is remarkably low given the amount of animatronics and costumes yeah. and that sort of stuff. Um, and how much they had to pay Vanilla Ice for that song, right? <laughs> um, and then it made 78. Oh. Good job. Yeah, which is good, but compared to the first one, which made a fuckload more, still kind of surprising. Well, and also cost a fuckload less. Yeah, I think it cost 14, I want to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe we it covered really that on confusing. Front Row Reviews. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> We probably did. Uh, Write that down. Make that note for tomorrow. Yeah. Make, make notes right now. About yesterday. <laughs> Question mark. We're uh, living in a paradox. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So it did, eh, which is why the third one they made for less money, and it made less money. And when they went, hey, Jim Henson, ready to do those animatronics again? They're like, yeah, this is how much it cost. Like, cool. Those guys said it'll cost half as much. We're going with them. Bye. <laughs> and then suddenly it looked like trash. Yeah. They yeah. also did that to the screenwriters, I'm sure. I was sure going to say. And it didn't start off that great. Yeah. Well, you guys. I know we had ninjas, but how would you feel if they were samurai? <laughs> or if you're in England, hero turtles. Uh, 
Uh, okay, so I'm gonna pull up a timer here, and Craig, you know what time it is? Oh God, I've been so it's nervous peanut about butter, this. Jelly time. <laughs> uh, so you're gonna get a 30 second timer here to do a breakdown. 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 Uh, break it down. Try to make it rhyme. Wrap it out. Um, okay, so Chewie's going to film this on her phone, and this is going to be flawless. Oh, yeah. This is high-quality shit, yo. Uh, okay, Craig, you ready? Sure. All right. Chewie is recording. God, that looks wonderful. <laughs> oh, no. You made it oh, no. again. All right. Go, 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 go. This is a breakdown for Secret of the Ooze. On repeat viewings, it won't get a lot of booze. The story starts off to TGRI. If you like good acting, Kino's not your guy. Tuka and Razar are the substitutes here, turned into mutants with no bebop or rocksteady near. Shred heads back from the dead for now, Super Shredder just as big as a cow. He's dumber than a case of head lice. The movie ends with Go Ninja by Vanilla Ice, which is really nice. <laughs> That's the best thing I've ever heard. That was amazing. Wow. I don't even know if that was 30 seconds. It was exactly 30 seconds. Well, it was actually yes. a little bit under, uh, but... Yeah, when you said this is the stylings of Vanilla Ice, I did not actually expect you to follow through <laughs> on the stylings of Vanilla Ice. Uh, so, wow. so Craig wins and has set the bar much higher <laughs> yeah. for everyone from now on. So oh thanks, God. Craig, for everyone having to follow up. Uh, I was so and, nervous about that. Yeah. How long? Do you know how long that took you to write? Like, uh, I, he made I it up on the fly, didn't you? Ten minutes ago. Or so right before oh, we started. Nice. That's why you got things like case of head lice <laughs> and nice <laughs> i imagine that's how vanilla ice wrote his music was just with 10 minutes to go so well yeah, but that's probably a lot more drinking for. beforehand um, <laughs> uh it wasn't drinking it was the 90s there's a lot of drugs there <laughs> they had booze in the 90s too. yeah i know but there's heroin <laughs> <laughs> you're not writing a song after you do heroin <laughs> i don't know we should ask him someday. All right. Yeah, yeah. So I got a bone to pick. Ooh. Well, what do you mean bad acting? <laughs> Kino. Kino? So oh, my God. <laughs> he is, he is so he's bad so bad in this movie. He is uh, not good. There's nothing good about him. Should we start there? He's yes, got we some uh, wisecracking things. And we should. Well, first of all, he's Donatello, so be nice. Do we have to? I mean, he no. <laughs> I mean, okay. So, uh, Craig, why do you hate Kino? Well, he's he's just I mean like everything is so forced uh, in the in the entire script and I just he's got this super high pitched voice which as a guy with sort of a high pitched <laughs> voice I totally get that uh, people might be able to find that annoying but he just goes to the next level uh, and it just it kind of cuts you to the core sometimes when he's uh he's just trying to just shove his lines out of his mouth hole uh, it, it's just not but I want to fight I can do it. I learned yeah. that from a rat. <laughs> and then, like, he shows up. Guys! At, I know we're going to get to the end of this movie, which is probably the only part of the movie, honestly, other than Kino, that I really have a beef with. But uh, when he shows up and to save the day, it's like the work. It, it's, it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> he doesn't save the day. No, he shows up to save the day and then yeah, just, just mean, doesn't do it. Right. Yeah. He sort of does, though. I mean, he does anyway. a high kick and. He does a high kick. Yeah. Does that count as he saving the day? He way did, out of our he, heart. He, and then he just, high kicked that ooze right over to Jordan Perry, and then there was still a vial. I don't know. Anyway, but bad acting. <laughs> and, oh, that vial can get high kicked into a wall and not break, but if it falls down a sewer, 
Well, I mean, I imagine it fell a lot farther down the sewer. Or maybe they just cut out the part where Splinter, like, karate chops it. (laughs) (laughs) We will have turtles! While we're talking about Kino here, can I just talk about the first thing I said when I was watching this again recently? That scene where he goes into April's apartment, and it's just a a recreation of the scene from the first movie. But then he's like, oh, she's got a secret, and she's keeping some... Some hidden things around here. My first reaction is going to be to stomp on his foot really hard. What a dick move. Yeah. He yeah. was kind of an asshole. But Absolutely. Beyond the stomping on the foot, the whole lying about pizza, just kind of barging into a woman's uh, terrible yeah. apartment. His first line is actually looking pretty, at her stuff. And his first like, line is actually pretty terrible. It's like, uh, uh, I'll, you know, the gal off the side is like, dream on. He's like, oh, I will. Uh, but maybe something a little thinner. <laughs> yeah. I'm a terrible human being. I mean, I, I will say. He's very she, privileged in that she way. She did insult him first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, she, it wasn't just dream on. It was dream on dweeb. Yeah, yeah. So he, she did open the door to insulting. Yeah, yeah. All he did was chauvinistic man flirt of who's going to get on this bike with me. And dream on, dweeb. And then, you know, then you get called fat for that. Kino. <laughs> That's what we Kino's call. just the worst. He really is. and bitchiness now, so my question is why wasn't kino casey jones right that's my qu- i mean because i i didn't understand why a- they used <laughs> casey in the first movie and then they and just the totally third. negated him in the second yeah, yeah we like, can't afford elias Coteus. yeah like, does it really like does it really benefit the story to have yet another human going but turtles wow like, i wonder if they needed like the plot thing like for people who never watched the first movie because a lot of his entry, entry in there character yeah, he's very much Ellen Page from Inception. It's like, what's this? Mm-hmm. Turtles? Yeah. What are they? What's your names? What's the, a whole How'd breakdown you get your of... names? Yeah, how'd you get what's your names? What's a name? painter? Yeah. Go uh, watch the first movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's just, beyond all that, he's also like, I would fire him immediately if he was my employee. He's yeah. constantly running off with the pizza to places he's not supposed to yeah, go. Yeah, there's a whole pizza. section of New York that's not getting their pizza. Because <laughs> yeah, he, see, he sees some boxes. He home invade on April O'Neil. Yeah, yeah, and he sees some boxes sitting out of a van. He's like, oh, there's something amok. He uses that word too. Amok. <laughs> or amok. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the other question is, I mean, the turtles are very, I mean, turtles and Splinter, who are supposed to be like secretive ninja folk are very willing to be like, oh, a human, he's seen us. Might as well explain our entire life story to him. <laughs> like, it's just really, like, they do it with everyone. Like, Casey Jones, all right, here's our entire life story. April O'Neil, here she is. We're going to explain our entire life story to him. Oh, here's a new guy, Kino, the pizza delivery guy. Might as well hear our entire life story. It's like, okay, uh, you know, it's kind of, that's a really common move in screenwriting. It's like you find your hero who is the human who the audience is in, and you go, oh, these superheroes trust this guy. He's a likable everyman Joe. We're going to bring him into our world. It happens in every action I mean, movie. it does, yeah. but it'd help if he was likable. Yeah, in this case, their trust is very misplaced. Well, the screenwriter didn't know he wasn't going to be likable when he was writing those words. I mean, I'll admit he was likable when I was 10. He always bugged me because he wasn't Casey Jones. I love Casey Jones. And the whole time I watched him, I'm like, why aren't you Casey? Where's Casey? (laughs) Casey was cool. He's off with the original actress. April April. had a really rough (laughs) breakup and he needed to leave. Even when I was young, when I saw this, I was like, who's this dweeb? Well, after their son turned to the dark side, he, he just needed to go that, back yeah. to doing what he only knew well, how to do. Let's not go down that route. <laughs> uh, right, Kylo well, Dweeb. Uh, <laughs> one last note. His like yeah. tryout for the Foot Clan, also <laughs> super lame. I mean, that's removing scene, belts walking, from a guy. What are you talking about? When they're that's walking awesome. through the junkyard. They're See, walking through the junkyard, and the Foot Clan are like practicing, and that is just terrible. Terrible acting yep. by all all parties well, involved. No, I mean, the, the, the foot clan is the most like wasted thing in this movie. Oh, totally. They are not a threat at all. I feel like no, I feel they're like, a joke. 
I feel like, uh, but that's kind of like that's the joy of the movie, isn't it? Like that's kind of why I like yeah, it. Like yeah. it's yeah. there's such a joke that it's like the turtles could wipe. They're the They're kind of like guys. the the what are they called? In? The putty. The putties. Yeah. Yeah. The Power <laughs> totally. Rangers. Exactly. Except they can actually form words. Yeah. But it's kind of like uh, it, going back to the first movie. It's like that moment. They're a joke, so you have that that Raphael moment. Come on, how do you guys expect to beat me? Yeah, <laughs> and like that's kind of what I like about the foot. Like you're, it's supposed to be, they'd be a threat to an everyday person, right? But to the turtles, they're just slap. Them they're the wear them down mob bot, mob yeah. villains, whatever. And I think by making them a joke, it kind of makes it more obvious that the turtles could just wipe the floor with them. Yeah. Um, Chris pointed out there's like a, a good fat one in the background in one of the scenes in oh, this yeah. movie. I like the, the, the whole where... what Craig was just talking about the junkyard scene. Like I fuck the background fucking foot clan are the funniest people in the entire world just yeah. like you can just tell the 80s like just uh ninja do you just tell us to ninja yeah just just, just ninja it up be ninja. there's like the guy in, who like flails around like he's like running toward like he's wait, wobbling his arms as he runs towards the, the, the headquarters and i'm like i noticed that it's like what, what? what's what, the guy's what's fighting with nunchucks that have obviously never picked up nunchucks in their oh, life yeah. <laughs> they're, just, like, they're just like slapping each other yeah Parachute pants, April did guys. better in Parachute the beginning pants. when she's faking it. Oh, yeah. When she just likes to do some chucking. <laughs> that, that line was so bad <laughs> and good. Uh, now, before we start moving to the things I love about this, because that's really where most of this episode will lie. We should I, just get the, the, the I negative get, out yeah, of the way. I want to get the other thing out of the way, which is the ending, which Craig mentioned a moment ago, which is the other part he has major beef with. I'll let him start why, and then I'll see if I agree with him as to why I also hate the ending. Well, they just uh, wasted Shredder. Yeah, I mean, I know that they had kind of like a uh, pseudo epic battle at the end of the first uh, movie, but something coming out of like the video games, I think, at the time wasn't uh, this around the same time that Turtles in Time came out. Uh, uh, roughly, yes. Yeah. So the idea of Super Shredder was like such a cool idea, I thought. But then uh, in the movie, he's just so wasted because it's almost like they they ran out of time. So they're like. What are we going to have him do? Oh, let's have him just knock down this dock and basically off himself. I mean, it's one of those where uh, every action movie you're kind of like, well, if the if the villain would just do this or the heroes would just do that, this fight would be over in a second. And then you see that and you're just like, this is exactly why they don't do that in every other movie. <laughs> because yeah. Just, yeah. it just totally wastes that moment. So I thought that it was a... I thought that that was a wasted opportunity. I mean, this movie only clocks in at like an hour and twenty minutes. You can't add like a five-minute fight scene with the with the, the super shredder. I think that that would have been a Who lot cooler. Ending. Awesome. He looked yeah. really cool, but I I think it honestly comes out of they spent so much time like doing the other fight sequences that they. I think that it's almost like they forgot they had this last one. Like because that fight sequence in the uh, TGRI takes a lot of time and it's cool. And you have like yeah. a lot of like the cool lines like surfs up and like the whole throwing the ooze back and forth. It's a really fun scene, but they spend so much time there that when you get to the end of the movie, it's like, oh, man, choreographing this whole fight with this big dude. That's a lot of work. How about we just drop a building on him? Yeah. It's like it worked for wizard of Oz. Right. And we're, and we're yeah. coming <laughs> off of, you know, the, the first turtles movie that we talked about where that sh- fight with shredder at the very end was awesome. It was intense. Yeah. Yeah. Very intense. Like he and had I get him why on the you ropes. don't want to necessarily just repeat that, but they could have given you something because they they went from like it's like all or nothing. I mean the 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 first movie, the Shredder fight, uh, which we eloquently said in our podcast, uh, <laughs> was just fantastic. But then you come to this, and it, it's just a wasted character because not only before right before he becomes Super Shredder and he's blasted out the window by sound waves, uh, that also right. That's also <laughs> not uh, not exactly the best use of your major villain 
And no, why are any of the Foot Clan following him? There's like a lot, a lot of logic problems with Shredder. I think well, the, is the, what causes this. The I think what it comes down to for me is at the end of the the last uh, ten minutes of the movie, it kind of becomes a parody of itself. Um, I mean, and, and don't get me wrong, I love Vanilla Ice. I love oh, the yeah. song. It's such like a fun moment. But that's the thing is like they kind of they gave up on what was a really cool like comic story of. Uh, I was defeated by four teenage turtles, and that pisses me off. I'm going to kill them. Mm-hmm. Which is like this really cool revenge story. And that's really the whole plot of the movie, if you think about it. It's really just Shredder wants revenge. It's not like he wants to take over the city or anything like that. He just wants to kill the turtles. Uh, and then at the end of the movie, they just kind of go, yeah, but wouldn't it be more fun to have Vanilla Ice do a rap, and then we can kill Shredder with a keytar? And it's like, well, you can, but is that necessarily the right way to go? And I mean, ultimately, I still love the movie, so yeah, I guess it was. But... <laughs> if you look at it from like a comic book fan, or like a movie fan, it's a very odd way to end the movie. Like it just it really loses its steam. It, it classic Hollywood story. It seems like they were trying to, uh, you know, the first movie was a huge hit, and the comic book was kind of dark and like satirical, right? And the first movie was like dark and edgy and a little violent and kind of depressing. And then the cartoon was out, and they're like, oh, you know, kids actually love this franchise more than. Comic book fans, yeah. so let's make it a goofy-ass kids movie. Yeah, they, they definitely try to pull more from the cartoon, which, I mean, it, it totally the, makes sense. Yeah. The mean, ending is total cartoon. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, the end's still a lot of fun. Like, I love the whole, like, uh, man, I love being a turtle. Like, I love yeah. all of it. It's still a blast. It's just, yeah, what Craig is saying is totally right. I mean, it's a blast, but they just take one of the greatest villains ever, and they just basically make him kill himself by dropping a building on his head. So it's a really anticlimactic end, it, which feels like it shouldn't be. It really de-escalates the threat just entirely. I mean, that you go from like being kind of scared of even Tuca and Razor this whole time, and then they just become, you know, a little puppy and a and a turtle. Which I like that part, I guess. But uh, but then there really is no like sinister villain in this movie when it comes down to it, because right. he offs himself by being too big. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, Marvel has that problem currently. I mean, they just waste yeah. their villains. But it, it like they can't say, "Oh, we kind of wasted Magneto, but we nailed it in the first one." Like this movie has that. You know, they yeah. nailed him in the first one, and yeah. then yeah. screwed it up the second time around. This it just feels like this movie is almost the exact. It wanted to be the opposite of the first film as much as possible. Like when you were mm-hmm. talking about the numbers and how people wanted something to bring their kids to. I mean, that's what this is, completely. Yeah, like, it's, it's, the it's, child's it's, never going to get too nervous the entire film. Well, no, a very but, interesting shift in, like, thought process from, like, moviegoers and people, you know, execs making movies because as kids, we were all pretty on board with the very first movie when we went. I loved it. Loved it. And we, we yeah. the, 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 the kind of the rougher violence element like they didn't bother us that much. No, but, but it bothered apparently us. someone thought it did. It yeah. bothered the parents and it bothered England, which is the yeah. big problem. Because uh, I'm not sure. For those of you who don't know, for me to geek out a second on my eternal knowledge, yeah. Uh, in England and other various uh, overseas countries, even the word ninja was too violent for them to market a show to kids, which is why you get teenage mutant hero turtles. Um, and then they had to edit out Michelangelo's nunchucks because they seemed too violent and they didn't want kids beating each other with sticks. I just, I just don't so, understand that. So, but that's the problem. No, we beat each other with sticks as kids. Yeah. I mean, I did. For sure. We I did. had yeah. stick club. I'm yeah. not joking. <laughs> I sold sticks to my friends for a dime. Um, we had so many violent films back in the 80s. So I don't. Is it just because this one was actually marketed towards kids? I think so. And like, yeah. it's kind of like for those of you who have never noticed, I mean, they don't really ever use their weapons the whole movie. I mean, Michelangelo never uses nunchucks. I don't think ever right. in the movie. He uses cold cuts. They use he uses proxies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's all like, the mm-hmm. only one who a yo-yo. Really, Donatello a yo-yo. uses it, but it's yep. a stick. Yeah, right. but his so. is just a stick. 
And like they even call it out in the beginning of the movie with Leonardo going, now you see him, now you don't. And yeah. you don't really ever see the swords again the rest of the movie. Even when he goes into the water, his swords aren't on his shell. Yeah. They're just empty sheets. And it's like, I, I, I get it. I get it coming from like a parent's point of view of like, I don't want my kids to see their heroes stab a dude. I totally get that. But I mean, the cartoons had the swords for ages. The X-Men had fucking Wolverine with claws. Like, there's a way to use the swords in a way that they still feel like they're using their weapons while not being human dicing mm-hmm. weapons of mass destruction. Um, like, because they can't figure out how to write a story that shows kids, oh, you have all these really dangerous tools at your disposable at your disposal in life, and if you use them, there are consequences. Like, that would be compelling. And then, yeah. like, the 2012 did that. show yeah. comes along yeah. and says, here, we've, we, we know how to do it. You can do it. <laughs> <Whoa>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, she, I'm remembering she, Butters with oh, a so star good. in his eye. Wo- wo- woof. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. Go see the uh, st- the star uh, South Park episode on. They go to the fair and buy buy dangerous weapons like we all did as children. <laughs> yeah. I told, to I told them about a way too dangerous of a knife at a so, knife store at a mall in South Park. I'm sorry, parents. South Park mall with all the things you tried to stop yeah. us from doing, we did anyways. Oh, yeah, yeah. I bought throwing cards. I used them once. I threw them at a stump and then oh, they God. like broke. <laughs> I remember that watching store was the, worst. the three <laughs> ninjas and then suddenly thinking CDs were the greatest weapon oh, ever. Yeah. So I was just throwing CDs at my brother once and yeah, it really it didn't hurt him. Yeah. You're should. whipping hard plastic. <laughs> <somebody>. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on. Uh, let's move into things that we actually really like about this movie. I just kind of want to go around the table and computer and say, like, what's our favorite moment in this movie? Like, what's the thing that when you think of Ninja Turtles 2, what's that moment that brings you, like, the most joy? Craig, you want to start it off? Absolutely, it's the yo-yo, uh, the yo-yo <laughs> fighting at the beginning. I, I absolutely love that. Actually, you know, I would say that this is one of those movies to me that epitomize the 90s movie because everything about this, including the choreographed vanilla ice scene, just everything about it just drools 90s. And I love that because it. I instantly go back to that place when I was a kid and buying a yo-yo, trying to whip it around my house just for fun. Um, so it's <laughs> I had to learn that. Walk the Dog because of this movie i'm like right, let's go do yes. it i could do it <laughs> absolutely and, and so I, did. I would say that it, it's that moment and just the overall tone of the movie i know i've been like trashing this movie for a little bit here but i absolutely love this movie and i, I do think that it's my favorite out of the trilogy uh, obviously it's only between number one and two but uh <laughs> yeah the it it's such a fantastic nostalgic movie to be able to go back and watch and instantly become a kid again uh, for me, uh, it's actually in the exact same scene as what Craig brought up. It's for me, it's really like Donatello's introduction. Um, so it's where he's, uh, he's running through the room and then he, he notices the clown that can kind of go back and forth. Mm-hmm. And I've quoted this since the day I saw it, saw the movie when he moves, it goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that alone, like just brings me so much joy yeah. and everything from that sequence on from when like the, the mass dude sees him and goes, wait. So one of the turtles and tries to move him, yeah, and does the ah, as he like like rubs his hand all over the dude's face, and then they have a moment of awkwardness, and then he just juts his arms and goes roar, and then chases him out of the room. Like <laughs> all <of> that was <laughs> all of that was just like such turtle like joy and fun, and it really just kind of is a very smart move by the filmmakers to go. This is the tone for this movie. Like we know you saw the other one, which is kind of dark and gritty, and there's nothing wrong with that, but we're gonna have fun with this one. 
And that opening sequence, specifically for me, the scene with Donatello, just really hit that tone right away. And for me, it's, it gets stuck in my mind forever. Well, and that's why ultimately the very end, even though we gripe at it here from a, a story standpoint, we still really look fondly on it when we watch it. Oh, yeah, at the end, I was like, this is great. I'm having fun. I'm having so much fun. Because, I mean, I was already primed for that in the very beginning. Yeah, it sticks to the tone of the movie. I yeah. might dislike it as a Turtles fan, but yeah. as a fan of the movie, like they, they, they nailed it. Yeah. I like the, um, for me, my favorite moment is when Michelangelo references Bogart and Casablanca. Their lives are two people don't amount a hill of beans, and that's why you get on that plane. And like, I love that reference that comes out of nowhere, and anyone today, new Turtles fans who are watching it, they're not going to get it. Nor will they get the Ralph Nader joke. <laughs> is, is Schwarzenegger hard to spell? And, and in general, those references that are just pulling from like an era, referencing a different era yeah. that's removed from our own. Like I love seeing yep. that in older movies that it kind of shows you that the turtles are like pop culturally referenced or yeah. um, you know like um they they've seen all these old movies and classics and stuff and they like to make jokes from comic books and all walks of life oh yeah well i mean they're basically like the wolf pack i mean they're yeah. kind of stuck in their their little <laughs> hole uh, yeah. watching movies all day which the uh the most current cartoon series nails yeah the whole them just oh, being stuck in the nice. sewer watching cartoons together Man, they nailed that in that show. Uh, that good. becomes a subplot in the cartoon. It does. <laughs> oh, I love that show. Oh. So I think my favorite moment in this movie is the the, the set piece where they uh, steal the ooze from the lab. <laughs> that whole, I mean, the entire fight scene, the entire thing is like just the, the greatest like clash of heroes and villains and like there's something at stake and it's not the climax of the film, but it's like the turning point where the villain does get the, the goal, basically. And it's just... Uh, it's such a great Michelangelo moment of, oh, video games in 3D. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where it's, do you put a quarter? <laughs> oh, it's it's so perfectly Ninja Turtles. It's perfectly action movie. It's great. I want that gif of Donatello as he sees the stick coming across the way as he's you know surfing. That that shock, like, oh, no, that, that face. <laughs> I want a gif of that. Oh, the puppetry is so good. Uh, so good. Uh, to bounce off the puppetry, uh, this movie, for me, my favorite parts, or my favorite part would be the very end, actually, with Splinter. Because Splinter, oh, yeah. to me, I love Splinter in oh, this movie. Oh, my God. Just oh. him this to is... share the idiots. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> Splinter by himself is my favorite thing in the film because this is, to me, the best he's ever looked. Uh, like, And oh, the best he's sounded and just has a great feeling. I would argue that the, the voice actor from the 2007 film was better. He All right. Was Don't you knock on Elmo. <laughs> but for me, like he, with all the kook- kookiness... Of this film, whenever he came into screen, it mellowed up for a moment, and everyone's like, "All right." Mm-hmm. I mean, these are the serious moments of the film with him, and he, you just immediate like respect as a viewer. And then at the end, after all the like the kookiness gets to like the crescendo and how ridiculous this movie ends, and then as we were just kind of talking, Splinter has the exact same feeling with. Ugh. Idiots. Yeah. <laughs> you're not being ninjas. What are you doing? Everyone's here on TV. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure I wasn't the only one who, when they found the new lair, was like, I want that place. Yeah, oh, exactly. That's, like, that was like yeah. the first note I made when I got to that. Like, God, I want to live there. That's my other favorite moment. Like, that made, that totally, one of the things with my childhood, I've always wanted to find a secret to lair. <laughs> and that worked into it so hard. Be like, it's beautiful. It's got the stained glass. It's got all the old things. It's got a train car. And you can get anywhere in the city. This is perfect in every way. Mm-hmm. Except they never use the train. Yeah. Well, they can't really move the train, but they have the tunnel. Right, they, the tunnel. They do. They can go right into the tunnel. Can you just see the turtles when I mean, they actually use it in the, the new cartoon when they get one of those old-timey train things where oh, you yeah. just up and down? They totally do that in the movie later. We just didn't get to see it. 
Yeah, it's in part four. No, it's not in part four. Part four is great. It's animated. <laughs> Everyone should see TMNT, the movie, because it's awesome. Yep. It's so good. It, it does not get enough credit, but it's technically part four to this trilogy. And then it took it back to the what one was where it was dark. Yeah, and it's one of the greatest things ever in Turtles. Everyone and April it. actually does things. She does, and Casey Jones does things, and yeah. it's a great movie. April is kind of wasted in this movie. Yes, she's, she is. She is. Uh, she's kind of wasted in all of them, but the, really the first two she's kind of wasted. She's not wasted in three at all. She, actually she goes like, back in time she, with Yeah, them, she's yeah. like the main character in three, and then she's way overused in the 2014 one. Which we've talked about if you go back and listen to the episode. I've uh, actually never seen that one. The new one? Yeah, I, I never went back to, to watch it. I, it was on like Amazon Prime. I was it going is. to, but... It's got a couple uh, good moments. It does. My ringtone comes from that movie. If you there, are, there's a few good moments. Like, they really they nail the spirit of the turtles. Yeah. They fail at everything else. Okay. And if you, and if you like turtles, you're going to still enjoy... Like, you're, there's enough to enjoy in the movie. Yeah. As a, as a Turtles fan. Uh, let's keep moving. I really just want to talk about the turtles themselves, as we're kind of like beating around the bush talking about them in general. But I think we could just do like a quick pass and just kind of talk about... Favorite moments, things that work the best, maybe things that didn't work so well um, with the actual turtles themselves. And then I want to finish this thing off with, uh, and we'll throw a splinter in there as well. Um, but I want to finish this thing off with Toka and Razor because I think that's really like the big pull of this movie. So we'll stop there. But I want to start with, say, you got to start the leader. Yeah. He leads. Leonardo. Uh, Leonardo, for me, out of all four of them in this movie, I think was the least used and kind of disappoints me. Mm. Yeah. Um, because I am a fan of Leonardo. I mean, I love all the turtles. I've always been more of a, a Raphael or Donatello fan. Mm-hmm. They're usually my two favorites. Um, but Leonardo's great. I mean, he's the leader. He's the Captain America of the turtles. Like he's always like the straight and true, the good guy. And they really don't do shit with him in this movie. No. And they didn't really. I mean, they did. And so- they even make it a joke where he's cleaning up the train station and no one else is. He's like, yeah. Why don't you help out, Raph? And it's like, well, why don't we get more, more have more Leonardo? Let's. <laughs> yeah, like that, that's. I mean, I, I can harp on that uh, that TMNT movie all I want, but the uh, that moment, like they really nail Leonardo and Raphael's relationship in that movie better than really any of the other ones done before. Oh yeah. So the problem is with this one. It's like, well, then what's? I I don't really understand what he's doing throughout most of the movie. He's really just kind of one of the guys, which is fine. But I feel like he should be more of like that point person. Like he should be driving the story forward, and he really doesn't. And learning how to lead. Like uh, it seems like you're you're taking out a completely other like whole aspect of that relationship between the turtles. That the three of them are you know they're they're buddies, and he's yeah. kind of beyond them a little bit, and he's got to deal with that. I thought they toned down Raphael in this a lot, a lot so which yeah. was why oh, yeah. maybe Leo didn't have as much to bounce off of. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things where, like, if you start losing one, you kind of start losing the other. And by toning down Raphael, I mean, he just kind of throws a tantrum at one point for reasons. And then because of that, they didn't really give Leonardo much to do. So by kind of toning the two of them down, you kind of lost them. And it's kind of like, well, kids like Michelangelo, he's funny. And he was, and he was great. And I love that voice actor. And uh, But you kind of lose, like, the heart of the team without getting those two. Because those are the two who really kind of ground it in fun. Yeah. Their personalities were not very distinct in this film. Those two, Michelangelo and Donatello, yeah. phenomenal. Right, Donatello even gets his like his best like struggle with who he is. Yeah, yeah and that's, that's actually a really cool arc. That like I was like, oh, I, I was surprised about that when I watched this again. Yeah, it's uh, I love like the 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 disappointment when he finds out. It's like, no, you're just kind of a mistake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they hint that to me. That's the hint from the first film, where in the first film it dealt with like like religion kind of like meaning of their lives and everything mm-hmm. and that's really the only hint you get that in this film yeah but it's a 
I mean, it's not a lot, but it's still, it's a really good beat. Like, no, I, really, I know. Yeah, it's I really, great in this yeah. movie. I'm yeah, not okay. saying it's not. I'm just saying it's the only, like, carryover, really, for other than Shredder, yeah. from the first film of, like, their emotions. Yeah, I, I really like... Yeah, I, I, this it's kind of funny because the first one really feels more like Leonardo and Raphael's movie, and this one definitely feels more like Michelangelo and Dantello's. Basically, yeah. Which is, I mean, it's fine. I mean, you go for the more serious ones for the serious or more serious movie, and the fun ones for the more fun ones. Mm-hmm. The the other thing I really like in this movie, and Chewie's already kind of hit it really well, uh, is Splinter. Splinter yeah. is fantastic. It's the best he's ever looked. Uh, the Henson Company did an amazing job with the puppetry. It's just kind of it's one of those characters where like now when I think of Splinter, that's what I think of. That's where my head goes every time. Even oh, when I watch, totally. even when I watch different iterations. And like the general feel of things now is, uh, uh, Craig, do you read the comic? Yes, I do. Um, most people are saying now, like the IDW comic is like the that's what you should be picturing when you think of turtles. Like that's kind of like the general understanding of it. That's what the turtles look like. That's what Splinter looks like. Shredder, the whole kit caboodle. Um, but for me, I still can't get TMNT's two secretly uses Shredder or Splinter out of my head. Like that is my Splinter. That's he's, the he's, one he's fantastic in this. And like you know, the, the only way that they do use Leonardo is he kind of tries to get in those um, lessons that Splinter is giving him throughout the movie. And um, so that's kind of nice. Uh, the yeah. whole reflection on what a ninja actually is and how that pays off with him calling them idiots later uh, yeah. is fantastic. <laughs> but just overall, I mean. Like you said, the look of him is fantastic in this yeah. movie. The, yeah. the way that they did the, the puppetry and the costumes in this movie, just fantastic. This is the best he's ever looked. Yeah, and the problem is, like, and just to fanboy rage for a moment, it's like one of those, I mean, it's a very light rage. Uh, it, this movie does such a good job, and he looks so good at it, that when you go and watch the Tony Schlub version of him, it's like, what? Why is he so wet? Yeah, why is he <laughs> greasy, and why is he losing his hair? And why can his tail grow and turn into a whip like what is this like we've seen the coolest splinter ever and if you don't like this one watch the one on nickelodeon yeah. he's also awesome well i'm fine with them using his tail i mean it's weird how long and then short his tail gets in the movie but i'm fine with him using it as a weapon if it wasn't like a fifth arm i'd agree with you more it was a very yeah. weird whatever we're not here to talk about that piece. don't question <laughs> mutation yeah but yeah. shouldn't it be like a testament to this movie that we suddenly get distracted by talking about how the other ones just don't get it yeah mm. <laughs> like in, in this way, the movie just gets it. It does, yeah. This is why people usually end up liking this one more than the first one, which is probably, if you look at it, a technically better film. But you like this one more because it just feels like the people who made it just understood Turtles better. The people who made the first one really understood the comic, and that was great. We talked about that. This one, they really just kind of understood what the fanfare was about. Like, what the hype, if you will, was about. Like, what people loved about Turtles, and mm-hmm. they put it into this movie. Totally. It delivered everything that you wanted from this movie. So it it took um, any idea that you might have had of who Michelangelo was and uh, Donatello. I would agree that those two are kind of the, taking the lead on the Turtles in this movie. Um, and they gave it to you, everything that you would have wanted. They spoon-fed it to you. It was fantastic. Yeah. It was a great uh, way to give the audience what they want and still try to have some kind of cohesive storyline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I That's why I really, this movie's endearing to me because you can go back and watch it and immediately that's the image of the turtles that you get. I I even love, like I mentioned, the, the puppetry, the, the costumes. The, I think that it looks better now than what I've seen from uh, the, the newer versions of the turtles that are more CGI. I, I love yeah. these costumes. Yeah, like they're, they're, it's just the... It's the fact that they work that makes them that good. Like if oh, yeah. if you had like the like the mouths way too out of sync, or if they just didn't move, or 
you you wouldn't buy into it. But they did such a good job with the puppetry that you buy that they're really there, and that alone sells it. Mm-hmm. And it's I'm, interesting what you said about the giving us what we want thing, because if you go back to the very intro, like the introduction of this movie that we all like, they really kind of telegraph that we're giving you this is the movie where we give you what you want. You know, yeah. you, people eating pizzas. Yeah, on, the, on every shot of them eating pizzas, and it's like, oh, all right, the turtles like pizzas. This is cool. Like like. They bring in. It's one of the few examples in cinema where they're pandering, like definitely pandering, but it's actually good. And it's funny (laughs) that while they're doing this, it still made that much less money. Um, Funny enough, if you've not seen the newest trailer for uh, Out of the Shadows, that's pandering. The whole trailer is, are you a fan of the Turtles? Because fans want this, and they go through a whole list of things that fans supposedly want, and then they go, because it's in the movie, so fans will love it. And that's bad pandering. That is the most desperate trailer I've ever seen. I'm so glad I haven't seen that trailer. (laughs) I'm not going to watch it. I'm excited about the fan pandering this new one. I'm so excited (laughs) for this movie. I know it shouldn't be. I know it's not going to be. I hated the first one. (laughs) It was fine. I walked out going, oh, that was fine. But, um, I mean, ah, Bebop and Rocksteady and Krang and all those things I liked from the cartoons. <laughs> yeah. As I said last week, oh, I'm a little piggy. <laughs> yeah. Sold. Stephen Amell is Casey Jones. Yeah, Casey Jones. Yeah, I, I'm in. For the- you get, just the fact that you get Bebop and Rocksteady, that, that to me sold yep. that yeah. movie to me. I didn't need any additional trailers. I didn't need anything else. This, this is Bebop and Rocksteady, and it looks exactly how you would have met, how they should oh, yeah. look. I, just, I really want them to be like the Bebop Rock City from the IDW comics where they're a legitimate threat mm. and horrifying. <laughs> For our... I don't know that they will be. I don't think they will, but that is such an awesome thing in the comic. But whatever. For our not Bebop and Rock study in this film. Yeah, that's, I still, there we are. I still loved their character design. I did. I thought they were fun. <laughs> and they gave us the best line in the movie. <laughs> they did, which... Uh, uh, we'll save for we'll, your we'll favorite battle line. We'll battle for quotes. But, uh, <laughs> but they're, I thought... I love the giant turtle, and I love the dog. How the dog just turned into a wolf man, where that mutation. Well, he was a wolf, a puppy wolf. He was he was a stray dog. The wolf, puppy wolf. (laughs) He's not actually a puppy. That was a full grown dog at the end. No, so here's the thing. (laughs) Sidebar, everybody. Yeah, full grown. (laughs) No, here here's the fun thing. I've seen this movie. I'd say north of fifty times throughout my life, if not more. Uh, I just realized last night for the first time ever that uh, they weren't babies. Oh, yeah. It was a stray dog. It's not even that. There is a line in there where the scientist goes, uh, I altered the uh, mutagen to make them uh, less intelligent. Like he says that they're not babies, that he did that to make them stupid. And I went, what? What? How have I missed this line for like years and (laughs) years of my life? I'd always, because I think it's because Shredder sells the line so well that they're babies. And it's like, yep, that's what they are. Just they're Watch. stupid. <laughs> they didn't get quite the animatronics that the turtles did, of course, but just well, watching were... them interact and the the giant snapping turtle like doing Rawr! thing. What and I one of the, my favorite parts is when he tries to get into the sewer and he doesn't fit, and then they're tickling his feet, and you just see his feet going up and down, and him going no. <laughs> like I just I mean, it's one of those things where like kids, myself included, were like Toka and Razor, right. Where the fuck are Bebop and Rocksteady? And it's like, mm-hmm. you get a little annoyed at like Peter Laird and um, Kevin Eastman for going, no, we didn't create Bebop and Rocksteady, so they're not going to be in the movie. It's like, but, but, but we want them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and well, later. So is that, is that the reason that was given, that the, the fact that they wanted some original property? They've never officially said why it wasn't Bebop and Rocksteady. The general, I mean, it's not that I've been able to find online. If I'm wrong, Facebook, let me know. Um, but from what I've understood is that it's basically they didn't write the characters, so they didn't want them in it. So they wanted to have 
different characters, which were so popular they actually brought them into the cartoon for an episode. Mm. Um, but it's it was a weird move, but I still like Toka and Rezar, and I feel like they're a better fit for the movie than Bebop and Rocksteady. Because Bebop and Rocksteady, I mean, even if you go back to the cartoons, which I love, uh, they're almost... They would be more threatening, like you said. No, they're not. Like that's the they're threatening now, based off the the uh, the comics and even the most recent cartoon show. But the old cartoon, they're idiots. Yeah, they're well, just yeah, they're always idiots. Yeah, but like the, I think that kind of it's almost a better move to go for a completely different character to make him like the baby's thing. And I think it's kind of a if I'm thinking about it from like a filmmaking point of view, it's like yeah, I don't think we really need Bebop and Rocksteady. Well, you know, and, and there's a logic to it too because you could see like he does Token Razor first with Mutagen. He gets he figures it out, and then he could come up with the Bebop and Rocksteady. If you follow, yeah. like they allow for a chance to kind of grow him playing around with Mutagen. If like, we got like a legitimate third movie, yeah, not yeah. this weird time travel piece of shit. Yeah. yeah. And the other well, thing well, is, that they were trying to do Turtles in Time and just epically failed about that. Oh yeah, it, it was. Oh, oh, oh. oh man, <laughs> puts me in a dark place. I kind of want to watch it after this now. Uh, I tried no? yesterday. I turned it it's off. It's on Netflix. Don't, don't do it. It's, don't do it. Yeah, I, I think they kind of gave us Tatsu in this movie instead of Bebop and Rocksteady, which was probably a really good move because, like, the Foot Clan was already dumb, and he was like just a hair smarter than them. Yeah, and then reported to Shredder. So where would Bebop and Rocksteady fit in in here? Nowhere, because they're yeah. they're like dudes. They needed monsters. And this movie, yeah, kind of yeah, it was a smarter move. Like, yeah, being removed as from my childhood, I kind of go no. Filmmaking wise, they made a smart move. Like well, the and, movie, it was, sorry, and, and they would have fit in the first movie. Like th- there was more of a kind of a punk aesthetic in the first movie. Like I, I don't even think they would have fit there. I don't think they fit in this universe. Well, with the rough kids, like there was kind of a, a whole like kind of they could have uh, made it fit. I they could have made it saying, fit, yeah. but like in here, there's like you can see that shift, and it's interesting how this movie plays to like dates it. This movie is so dated, yeah, even more so than like the first one because we don't have that much of a connection to like how they're dating that movie. Like some of those pop culture elements, we're we're kind of not. Yeah. On that, whereas this one, we were really entrenched in the pop culture, so like it's, yeah. it's kind of neat. The first one was more standalone in its own universe, whereas yeah. this one's more like it needs to reference everything that's actually happening around it. Thank no, you, I, Vanilla Ice. I think the first one, I mean, besides uh, the pop culture references, the first one was more uh, like cemented in like the mid to late 80s culture that we didn't really get a piece of because we were too little at the right. time. So this w- we recognize as our version of pop culture. I could see that, yeah. 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 Um, all right, is there anything else that we want to hit on this thing majorly? I think we've hit most of the big points. We didn't really talk about April because the movie didn't. Yeah. Uh, she was just had, a crash pad. I would say that Jordan Perry as a character, I really enjoyed his, uh, like, how he brought that kind of, like, science nerdness yeah. to oh, the yeah. acting. And so I, I just put a shout out to him that uh, he did a he did a good job in this movie of selling that character um so yeah. i enjoyed his part of it he, he was said, really good but would have killed them to call him baxter <laughs> right yeah, but no he well they, is that the same kind of thing with bebop and rocksteady i mean I think no that, you're, you're it, right but he wasn't going to turn into a fly monster either no but he didn't have i mean baxter isn't always a bad guy he has his moments where he works with the turtles yeah. it's rare but it happens the guy, the guy is so entrenched as the scientist to me that no, whenever I see him in another property, specifically Titanic, I'm like, oh, look, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. there's a scientist. Yeah, why He's are you grumpy. so mean on this boat? <laughs> Just go play with the turtles. <laughs> Did you lose your turtles? Is that why you're angry? Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, if you had to work with Billy Zane all the time, you'd like <laughs> yeah. to oh, Sure he loves Billy no. Zane. If I was working with Billy Zane all the time. I'd... Chewy, keep it in your pants. <laughs> That hair. On the next episode of Chewy. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> but Brian knows how much I love Billy Zane's I hair. <laughs> I do. And why I'm sad. It's 
he doesn't have the hair anymore. You said that I don't have his hair? Well, sometimes you <laughs> do. Isn't that awkward? Really fast. Uh, no, your hair is fine. <laughs> Uh, anything else we want to hit on this thing before we move into the end of this? We didn't really talk about Vanilla Ice much, which I, I thought we would, but... We did enough. I think we did enough, Have yeah. I said enough that the puppetry was amazing and that's it, my favorite part of the movie? Ta- I don't know if I brought up how... I do. I'm always amazed. Like, I can never... I'll watch this movie and I'll just be a gasp at it in the way that they can't see anything. <laughs> oh, yeah. The fact that they that yeah. these actors... The choreography of just moving around wherever they were is the most impressive how, thing in the like, world. I can't even imagine how difficult, how many takes that took. The, these films had to have been a nightmare, but then also just a complete example of artistry to oh, yeah. be able to do this with actors that have to do martial arts in the dark. <laughs> well, it's that, and it's like, uh, if you look at the, as we mentioned in the other episode, um, the in the turtle suits, all the mechanics and computers and stuff were all in their shells, which is why, like, if you look around, like the the fabric and like the rubber around their shells, it looks really weird because mm. they're running wires up into the mask. Mm-hmm. And in the second one, why they fixed that is because they did it all more remotely and wirelessly, so all of the puppetry is just in the face. So that means that the heads were a lot heavier, but the suits themselves were a lot lighter. So the first one, the suits weighed between seventy and ninety pounds. Like that's what sense, they had to yeah. do all of all of the all the stunts, all the action. It just makes it all so much pounds. more phenomenal. And, yeah. yeah, the second ones weighed about half that. Yeah, because they did everything in the face, which is why they're able to look more like how he's able to like jump up on the couch, catch a slice of pizza, and all that sort of stuff because it was a lot easier to move around. But you still didn't really know where that couch was. You're jumping on. <laughs> no, he's still the fact that he still pulled like the, the fact they pulled most of the stuff off still impressed. Those backflip training that yeah, they had it, to do. Yeah. That's what I was going to mention. The the standing backflips were incredible, especially in those costumes. Yeah. yeah. It, it's still... Props, it's, man. Props yeah. to that department. Um, props to the actors. Props, props to the choreography. Like, props to props. Yeah. Just <laughs> props to the props everything. department. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. The, as Ryan has said many times, the puppetry was amazing. Uh, amazing. Uh, but with that, time for quotes. Quotes. Quotes, quotes, quotes. I'm going to go first. Um, I'm sorry if cheating. anybody else had this. Yeah, I'm totally cheating. But it is my <laughs> favorite game. line of all time. <laughs> babies! They are babies! <laughs> 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 and it would not be if it wasn't for his follow-up of... <laughs> 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 but that's really what makes that line. He's so mad. Phenomenal. He's so mad he just gargles. Like, that is fantastic. <laughs> I'll go with... Uh, my favorite from Splinter, which kind of epitomizes the movie a little bit, but also why we love it. I made a funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's I made another funny. Yeah, that movie. Well, no, that he, quotes makes, the first he says one? I made a funny. That's in the first one. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. I made another funny. Thank <laughs> you <laughs> you stole mean, my quote and did it wrong. Nice. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's, it's the movie. The it, whole movie's I'm yeah. making a funny, and yep. it's wonderful. It's such a great button for the movie. I made another funny. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. But just the, the lead up to that, always remember. Yeah. <laughs> go, ninja, go, ninja, go. <laughs> when he wasn't in the club to hear right. Vanilla Ice. <laughs> they wrote it in the newspaper. Yeah, yeah, Clearly, totally. they yeah. wanted to make sure everyone knew and the lyrics. He knew the melody. Don't worry about it. Yeah, and he's a ninja. He could have been there. Yeah. We just didn't see him. He did save them for, at the uh, garbage pit at he one did. point. Which we didn't really he talk just about appeared out of nowhere. But it's fine. All right. uh, Craig, do you have a quote? Yeah, uh, I loved it because it gave the writers an out to the entire end of this movie, and it's Leonardo saying, a ninja is aware of himself and his environment. 
and we're turtles. <laughs> <laughs> they just jump in the water and then Shredder, Super Shredder dies and they're they're fine. They're just floating in the water. Let's go to the turtles. We're <laughs> turtles. You honestly didn't need to be a turtle. Anyone who jumped in the water would yeah, be fine. Really? Can you swim? <laughs> you win. <laughs> Woo! The only person who couldn't swim would have been Shredder because he's wearing all that metal. Yeah. It actually would have made more sense to just throw him in the river. <laughs> Oh, then it would get dark. Then they yeah. Then you they just slowly the watch him drown, <laughs> just like Jack and Titanic. Two Titanic <laughs> references. We'll never let you go, Shredder. <laughs> All right, I got my quote. All right. uh, so they set it up a little bit where they're going to rescue Raphael. Oh, thank and God like, somebody uses quote. And it's like, oh, it's quiet, a little too quiet. And then they do like four, <laughs> th- three, two more of those, and they're like, yeah. hey, it's Raph. And then Mikey just pops in, a little too Raph. <laughs> <laughs> and as a kid, that was my favorite line. And now it still remains my favorite line. It just It's a good one. Yeah. Michelangelo really has all the good lines in this one. I'm going to do one of his quotes, too. Um, not to criticize science or anything, but would it be easier just to call it the pink one? <laughs> <laughs> Love He's that. totally right, by the way. Yeah, if you're absolutely. not a scientist, hand me that for talking. For yeah, yeah. No, uh, hand me the pink what? one. <laughs> the pink one. Continue aeration. Yeah. As you're using as an he egg drops beater. in the uh, the pepperoni or the yeah pepperoni pizza, <laughs> stir a little faster. Fine. <laughs> it's ninja pizza, yeah. pizza that vanished without a trace. Uh, today's review system, I uh, I think will be nice and easy, but we'll see. Uh, <laughs> cliche '90s movies. Oh, I already got mine because I already referenced it in this yes. movie. Yep. Uh, the Three Ninjas. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Not easy anymore, is it? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they are both super 90s. They are both ridiculous with lots of silly jokes and about ninjas and brotherly love. And they're just so much fun with how stupid they are. Okay. I'm going to take a, a pretty far stretch on this one, but I keep comparing the two uh, in my brain. And I'm going to say Aliens... That's I don't even know if that came 80s. out in the 90s. I don't nope, care. 80s. Don't care. You could do Alien 4. Nope. Because they, it no, was Alien a, 3. similar to the franchise. They took a like super dark and like a really different genre first movie and they made it a silly action movie. Craig, do you have one? A 90s movie that has mutated monsters and oh, yeah. uh, kind of a lame ending. This movie's <laughs> got to be Space Jam. <laughs> Perfect. That works. Uh, they also had the smiles. I'm going to go for a movie that was all set up for uh, for kids to love it. They didn't give a shit about anybody else. And if anybody around the table has seen this movie, then you're a better friend uh, than I thought you were. Uh, the 1993 straight-to-video classic, Prehysteria. The <laughs> wonderful story about a kid who finds dinosaur eggs and then has toy or pet dinosaurs. They're pet <laughs> dinosaurs that look like toys because they're really shitty uh, puppetry. But... To me as a kid, it was the most awesome puppetry ever because I thought this kid had dinosaurs. I'm like, that is the coolest thing in the world. He's a kid with dinosaurs, just like I wanted to be a kid with turtles. So that's mine. Prehysteria, 1993. Look it up. It's great. And then someone saw that movie and went, you know what? This needs two more sequels. Now I was going to reference Daenerys with our dragons. Oh, I'm going to go with the two more sequels, which are just as good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It's a divisive movie, but one that gave me a similar sense of joy when I saw it as a kid. And it's a you know fan property I'm a fan of that was brought to movies, and had like you know cool prosthetics and cool set design, but divisive. Uh, Super Mario Brothers. Okay. Love yeah. that movie. Hate that movie. Love I, that movie. There's so many episode. things that I I really really like and enjoy about that movie, and there's a lot of moments in that movie, like with this one, that give me a sense like 
a fan sense of joy. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this is like on screen. That's really cheesy, really bad, but like that's cool. That's how you interpreted Goombas, even though you know it w- works or not. But like those are Goombas. That's kind of cool. There's like a sense of they totally fun understood joy. that to appreciate the Mario Brothers, you gotta kind of be on acid. <laughs> So let's make a movie like that. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so with that, I'm going to bring today's episode to a close. Uh, stick around after all of our plugs to find out the answer from around the table and computer to this question. If you could take any turtle out on a date, who and where? So first plugs, you can find us at After the Hype on Facebook, backslash After the Hype or whatever it is. You can just After the Hype. Uh, Twitter, ATH underscore podcast, and then everything else, just ATH podcast. When I say everything else, I mean pretty much everything else. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at YBrianY and Instagram at CensorLord. Censor spelled with a Z, not an S. Uh, you can find me on the internet under Chewy9. That's Chewy with an I-E and all spelled out together in one word uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Follow me on Instagram at Audio Adventures. Uh, I'm Movie Guy John on most internet services. Uh, Craig, where can people find you? Yeah, uh, go to the Furro Movie Reviews, uh, and you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on uh, Instagram. We're Front Row Reviews with a Z uh, on Twitter, and also you can check out our website, the Front Row Movie Front Row Movie Reviews dot uh, com, and that'll be launching very shortly. So by the time this is up, it should be up as well. So check us out. Cool. Uh, all right, and then let's find out the answers to these questions. Uh, I will go first. I would take Michelangelo roller skating. <laughs> I'm not going to explain why. I would take Raphael to a goth club. Okay. <laughs> nice. I would take Donatello to a museum. Ooh. You might have the best answer. Uh, Michelangelo to Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles and have an eating contest. <laughs> that would be so good. Uh. Craig? Raphael to the middle of the desert. I would leave him there, thus causing no more problems for the turtles. <laughs> That's just mean and awful. That's the worst date ever. You just ever. committed no, murder. You're the best wingman ever for the rest of the He's turtles. That's great. He'll dry up immediately. <laughs> That's the plan. You're no. His uh, personality was pretty dry in this, so it works out. Bye. All right, bye. 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 <laughs>